This is hashtag history. It- <laughs> <laughs> this is hashtag history episode 104. I'm Rachel. And I'm Leah. And I am so excited for this week's episode because similar to my coverage of hidden presidential illnesses last season or your coverage of the Van Buren sisters or of Elizabeth Bathory, we're going to be jumping around to a bunch of different topics today. These types of episodes allow me more flexibility than I generally have with most of our single topic episodes. So I always get really excited about them. And I hope you all are excited too. I'm excited. Yay. I love these these ones because I, at least for me in the research, I get to go down those rabbit holes yes, a little more. Totally. that it, The research is almost more fun yeah. on these episodes. Yeah. This week, we are discussing historic torture techniques. <laughs> we have all, of course, heard of some of these historic torture techniques before. Think back to medieval Europe and the stories we've heard of people being tied by their limbs and then stretched out to the point of dislocation. <laughs> Or think of Rome and the horrendous torture technique of crucifixion, most widely known because of, of course, the story of Jesus. Or, of course, the technique of using the pillory, that wooden frame that was used to lock in the head and hands of a person, primarily used for the purpose of public humiliation. Yeah. These are all historic torture techniques that we're all pretty familiar with, but there are so so many more that we are going to be diving into this week. We're taking things all the way back to ancient Greek culture, ancient Chinese culture, and of course, spending the majority of our time in medieval Europe. Of course. I mean, obviously. <laughs> is that not is that not a given? We're going to be in medieval Europe. We're going to be in like the 5th to 15th century for a long time. Long time, guys. <laughs> I think this goes without saying, but this week's episode is particularly gruesome. If you have a bit of a queasy stomach, you have been warned. This is not an easy episode to get through for both our listeners and for us. Yeah. <laughs> but before we can dive into these historic torture techniques, I think we are going to need some liquid courage. Uh-huh. Definitely. So let's dive into a cocktail. Sweet. I'm Rachel. And I'm Leah. And this is Hashtag History. The podcast for both history nerds and history haters alike where we dive into history's greatest stories of controversy, conspiracy, and corruption. We have to thank what in Mamis. my is. <laughs> we have to the Mamis Krista. What happened? I don't know. I probably was writing this on my phone. Maybe? That happens to me all the time on my phone. Okay. So we have to thank Miss Krista for yet another one of her three total cocktails that she has sponsored for us. So just know we appreciate you, Krista. Thank you so much, Krista. I also have to give a special shout out to my friend Alex once again, who helped me find this cocktail while I was visiting him and my best friend Jill up in Oregon. Yeah, we talked about them during the cocktail segment last week. Yes. So when I told him again that I had to come up with some cocktails, being the big fan of the podcast he was, mm-hmm. he he wanted to do some research on his own and send me some suggestions. And this was one of them. Oh, thank you so much, Alex. Yeah. So today we will be enjoying an Iron Maiden. Oh, that's so perfect. (laughs) For those who don't know, the Iron Maiden, it's a torture device consisting of a solid iron cabinet with a hinged front and spiked 
covered interior sufficiently tall to enclose a human being. Yes. Um, the first stories citing the Iron Maiden can be traced back to the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Also, the name of a band that I would find torturous to listen to for too long. <laughs> A period of time. So either way, it works. It works. It's torture <laughs> either way. Um, and yeah, that was like a perfect kind of intro to the Iron Maiden, what the actual device was, because we are going to be talking about it later in the episode, too. Awesome. Yeah. So the Iron Maiden cocktail, it contains muddled cucumber. Yummy. Irish whiskey. Interesting. <laughs> elderflower liqueur. Our favorite. Our favorite. Lemon simple syrup, which I made myself. And it was amazing. <laughs> I licked the spoon. Yeah. <laughs> And then garnishing with some sliced cucumbers. And you're supposed to, in a shaker, muddle the cucumber slices, add all of the remaining ingredients, shake with ice, and then you can or cannot pour it over ice. We Mm -hmm. chose to pour it over ice. And then, like I said, garnish with that uh, cucumber wheel. I'm excited to try it. Me too. You know, we say this all the time on the podcast that we have a lot of cocktails that we like all the ingredients separately, but it's always interesting to see them together. Yeah. And this is definitely Definitely one one of them. them. Okay. Cheers. (laughs) Yes. Oh, you're making an interesting face. I I think it's an interesting taste, but I like it. I like it. You would have put gin with it. I would have put gin with it. The cute. I said, me, Leah, I would put gin with this. Didn't our cocktail sponsor, Krista, want us to broaden our taste buds? Yeah, but I would say this is broadening it. Because like gin and cucumber is like, it's it's made in heaven. Like it's meant to be. Irish whiskey and cucumber. I'm really liking it. I like it. If I ever made it again, I would make it with gin. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Very refreshing, the cucumber. Mm-hmm. And that the lemon simple syrup is really good. Well, um, I'm going to rate it at an 8. 8.5. Whoa. I'll match you. <laughs> um, because I'm thinking of converting oh, that for I'll Instagram posts. Yeah, exactly. Nine. I raised you. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways yeah no good uh and thank you alex yeah thank you alex thank you krista and jill when and jill jill when i told or when alex was reading the ingredients Mm -hmm. or whatever whatever she was like that sounds good (laughs) so jill i can confirm tis good except jill loves gin right Mm -hmm. so there you go remake it with gin jill and tell us what you think yeah please so something i will say right up top was that I kind of struggled in writing this episode to figure out what exact terminology to use for those that were subjected to the torture that we are going to discuss today. If you were enduring said torture, it can be generally assumed that you had committed a crime. Mm -hmm. So terminology I could use would be the criminal or the convicted or something along those lines, right? However, given the fact that we know that there are innocent people convicted of crimes they did not commit in today's modern society... I think it's safe to assume that some of these people condemned for crimes in ancient times could have also been innocent. And I would say at a much higher percentage. Oh, yeah. The, there, was a, there wasn't a jury of their peers. <laughs> Are you saying our justice system now is better than it was then? I mean, I, I, there's one. I wouldn't say it's perfect by any means, but it's certainly Cer- evolves. Certainly evolves. Yeah. Now, regardless of their innocence or their guilt, no one deserves the type of cruel and unusual punishment we will be discussing this week. So I've settled on using the term victim to describe those enduring this punishment, not because they are necessarily innocent, but simply because they were indeed victims of these horrendous torture techniques and because I needed a general term for reference. Yeah. So that's what I settled on. I like that. Okay. All right. So I think 
where we will begin this week's episode is in ancient Greece. And we're really starting with a doozy here. This particular torture technique, it's called the brazen bull. Have you heard of it? That sound. Oh, wait. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's when they get put. Never mind. You'll say, but it involves fire. Yes. In in heating someone. (laughs) Sauna-ing, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. All of that is correct. Uh, For those that are not familiar, this particular torture technique, it involved a device made out of bronze that was designed to look like a bull, roughly the same shape and size of a real bull. However, this bull made of bronze would have a door carved into the side. A victim will be thrown into the bronze bull via this door and were then locked inside. A fire was then set underneath the bull, heating up the whole thing until the victim inside was burned to death. Perhaps even more morbid is that the pipes in the nostrils of this bull were designed so that the screams of the victim inside the bull would come out through the nostrils and instead make bull sounds. What? As opposed to screaming agony. I should mention that there is some debate as to whether this brazen bull really did exist. Perhaps it was all propaganda, but it is a legend that has been written about and talked about for so long that it was certainly worth mentioning in this episode. Um, The reason I like... It mm-hmm. came to my mind so quickly is because I've been like going through a really horrible Twilight t- oh. Twilight Time movie like thing. I have a friend who's doing the same thing. Who's um, like rewatching the movies and rereading the books. Yeah. Not just Twilight though, but like other ones in that same genre and time period. Okay. So I just watched Little Red Riding Hood, which is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, and I did I feel watch like I watched it. it. I do remember I watched it originally. And yeah. I, I remember even then I was like, yeah, that wasn't that good. I rewatched it now and I was like, this is uncomfortably bad. Ooh. Um, and anyways, th- that was in, in it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Something else as we go through this episode that I'd love to hear from you, Leah, mm-hmm. and from our listeners, you out there, which one's like, I mean, they're all horrible. Yeah. Like, how do you compare the one to another? Yeah. But if you could... Tell me what your worst one is. Okay. <laughs> Just as we go through, like, yep, I'm going to rank that one the worst. Okay. Versus really, really horribly bad. Okay. <laughs> and same for our listeners. Shoot us a message. Shoot us an email. I'd love to hear from you guys. Like, this is the one that is an absolute no. I don't me. do well with heat. So already that one's a front runner. <laughs> okay. That one, the first one we've talked about is the least hor- <laughs> horrific of all of them. <laughs> Great. (laughs) Great. The next form of torture we will be discussing was called Judas's Cradle. And this form of torture was particularly heinous. It has origins in ancient Rome, but was also used in the medieval times. Basically, what it was was a quote-unquote seat that was shaped like a pyramid. So the top, the tip-top point, it looks like a pyramid. Uh, A victim will be lowered onto it by way of ropes up their butthole <laughs> yes the victim would then be penetrated by the point of the pyramid in either the anus or vagina and would continue to be lowered onto the device to essentially stretch them out from the inside <sighs> that takes number one so far Another form of torture that has also become infamously associated with ancient Rome is that of crucifixion. I believe most of us are familiar with this method. If you are familiar with the story of Jesus, a victim was either tied or nailed to a wooden cross at the wrist and the feet. 
If nails were used, it's important to note that the placement of the nail was so that it would not actually puncture any major blood vessels so that the victim would not then bleed out. Rather, the nail would pierce the median nerve, which would then cause the hands and fingers to seize. My thing is like they were not progressive, but like they knew enough oh, to skilled. like skilled enough to like not pierce a blood vessel, but then like so far back as far as like they, them doing this hor- horrific thing, yes. but they know enough to not pierce their blood. Yeah, vessel. something you know that feels mean? so archaic. It's so archaic. But also so advanced. Yes. <laughs> Crucifixion was particularly horrendous because it wasn't actually the pain of being tied or nailed to a cross that killed you. Rather, you would eventually die of suffocation. A victim would do their best to hold themselves up in a standing position, but could only maintain that for so long. When the legs eventually gave out, it forced the arms to hold the body up. One's shoulders, elbows, and wrists could dislocate this way, and eventually, after burying all of the body's weight in the chest, the victim would suffocate and die. I did not know that. That's yeah. horrible. Slow, horrible death. Ooh. And if you, I mean, if if you are familiar with the story of Jesus, if you've watched like The Passion of the Christ, that does a pretty good depiction of the torture technique of crucifixion and you do watch jesus along with the other two men on either side of him on the crosses doing that balance of like lifting themselves up holding themselves up by the feet so that they can like breathe but then you can only bear that weight for so long on like your legs so then you fall back down yeah and then all of the weight is in the chest and you can't breathe yeah. so they keep doing that balance of going up and down up and down until they're completely exhausted and that's when you eventually die yeah We're hopping over now to ancient China so that we can talk about this form of torture that they had called Ling Chi, also known as Death by a Thousand Cuts. And it sounds exactly as it sounds. Yeah. (laughs) A victim would be cut by a knife numerous times with the torturer removing small bits of flesh from the torso and limbs. After numerous cuts had been made to the limbs, the limbs were then amputated as the person was still alive. The final cuts would be made to the victim's heart and throat, and then... That actually just hurt my throat. Yep. Oftentimes, it would end in their beheading. While we're still in China on Mm. this world tour... Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is going to come up later, but there's also, and I don't actually know if this was a real form of torture, if it's like a, one of those like mm-hmm. myths or something, mm-hmm. but where they would like lay someone over like some recently planted bamboo. I'm so glad you're talking about this. It is a real form. It okay. was a real historic form of torture. And I do not mention it in this episode because I only had time to put so much in. So yeah. please, like, I mean, so this one is a crazy one. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's basically the gist of it is they lay this person over some bamboo that's been planted or like that's mm-hmm. you know small mm-hmm. and and then they're there for like a long enough period of time everyone knows how fast bamboo grows yes. right and the bamboo actually grows up through through their them body because they're like tied down yes and the only where the only way for the bamboo to grow is up through them i'm so glad you mentioned that because i was like that went almost made the cut yeah <laughs> for this episode i'm glad that we ended up talking about it because it is such an insane that's crazy form of torture yeah again like you said archaic but progressive like yeah someone had the thought of going like hey i bet bamboo can grow through a human yes what's wrong with these people come on people get your mental health checked (laughs) (laughs) they didn't have time for that no absolutely no time (laughs) hopping over now to ancient persia they had an absolutely 
horrible method of torture that, to me personally, may be the worst one that we discuss in this episode. Okay. To be honest, I am going to struggle to even get through explaining this one. Okay. This form of torture was called scaphism. Okay. Okay, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) The victim would be stripped naked. And then tied into a pair of rowing boats. Think of it like a coffin. The rowing boats were face-to-face. Okay. Does that make sense? One on the bottom, one on top. Okay. The victim was placed inside of it with their head and their limbs sticking out of it. Okay? Yep. (sighs) The victim would be forced to consume milk and honey to the point of causing stomach issues so that they endured absolutely miserable diarrhea Uh that they obviously could not escape from. Because they were tied into these boats. So they're now in their own shirt. Okay. Feces. It gets worse. Okay. The torturers also, before putting the victims in these boats, would rub honey all over the body. They really like their honey, huh? Yeah, with lots of honey here. Uh, they did this so that insects would be attracted to the site. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> God. The victim in these boats would then be placed on a pond. And left there for days. As the days went on, the victim would continue to go to the bathroom on themselves. And the insects would continue to be attracted to the site, gnawing and breeding on the victim's flesh. The torturers would return to the site daily, forcing the victim to consume more of the milk and honey as a means of keeping the victim alive longer. There's evidence that one particular victim of this torture survived for 17 days like this before dying. And that, to me... Is the worst one. Is the worst one that we're going to discuss this week. Because it's horrible. That's really bad. It's so disturbing on so many different levels. It's so disturbing, obviously, being the victim and essentially dying by insect. Also by starvation and, like, malnourishment, dehydrating, uh, (sighs) and dying by insects gnawing at your flesh. your skin. Also disturbing, there were people like pulling this body back out of the pond every single day to force feed it and keep it alive longer yeah it's just weird that i this whole episode i'm just gonna be continually saying this is like i just don't understand how like human beings could have ever been so horrifically okay with these terrible like just fine fine and and i'm glad that you mentioned that too because we're shortly going to be moving into the medieval period and a big part of torture during the medieval period was public humiliation. Many of these things were happening like out on the streets in the town square kind of thing. And so I, I wonder to the extent what people were desensitized to this type of stuff because it was like going to the grocery, you know, get groceries or whatever. And you walk by and see someone being like whipped to death. I mean, like public hangings uh, up until the like 20th century, people would just go to the public hanging and watch like on their way to buy groceries or whatever. Yes. So I think what you were saying, just desensitization. Yeah. How okay people were with this. It's not just the torturers. It's the bystanders too. Well, and think about the the type of lifestyle these folks are living is, it's a much harsher lifestyle than we are very used to. They are used to daily, I'm sure daily violence. They're used to living in filth. They're used to 
daily being malnourished yeah, or, like or that's suffering, fighting to to get nourishment for their bodies. Yeah, it's not like they're sitting watching, you know, Stranger Things on the couch <laughs> like we are. It's a very different lifestyle. So, yeah, I'm sure they're desensitized to yeah. it to some extent. Oh, it's just God. gross. It's horrible. And I'm happy to be moving on from that one. <laughs> Hey everyone, we are so excited to share with you about Macy's Wine Shop. Yes, it is that Macy's. Macy's has launched their very own wine shop, which includes full-size, delicious wines curated by their experts coming from renowned wine regions, which include our home state of California and beyond. You can select exactly what type of wine you are looking for. Do you love reds? Do you love whites? Maybe a little bit of both? You can make these personalized selections quickly and easily through the Macy's Wine Shop. What makes Macy's Wine Shop better than any other online wine club is that they deliver quality wines at unmatched price points all within one to three business days. Seriously, I ordered my wine on a Monday and had already received them by that following Wednesday. And with our link, you get $50 off a six bottle box of Macy's award-winning wines, which is a $95 retail value. Head to the show notes of this episode to access the discount code, or you can head to our Instagram to find the link in our bio. Cheers. All right. So as I previously mentioned, like I just mentioned, we will be spending a significant portion of time in this week's episode in the medieval period in Europe. And that is because the Middle Ages were particularly known for their methods of horrendous punishment as a way of not only punishing and ultimately killing people, but also as a way of extracting confessions. This medieval period in Europe lasted from the 5th century to the 15th century. Which is just an insanely long period of time to consider just how long many of these torture techniques were being used. Uh huh. Because we already mentioned it briefly in the intro, I want to start by discussing the medieval torture technique called the rack. This was a method of torture in which the victim would essentially be laid down on a rack with their ankles tied and strapped to one end and their wrists tied and strapped to the other. And then slowly the victim's limbs would be pulled in opposite directions to elicit a confession from them or just until they were torn apart and died. Yeah, this is probably the worst. Really? This is yours? Yeah. The, with this one, you know, I oftentimes, of course, think about the victim that's enduring the torture we're talking about. Yeah. But in this particular one, I almost more so think of what we were kind of just talking about, the passerbys or the torturer. You would be able to hear yeah. Someone's limbs and joints being disappointed. My stomach just turned. Ooh, this might not be a good episode for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the most popular torture devices from the medieval period is the Iron Maiden. Um, cheers to our, our cocktail that we're having here named after that. Yes. We are actually going to check out a picture of this one just because it is one of the most infamous ones. And I wanted to post this picture because I think once everyone sees this, they're like, yep. Yeah. medieval torture technique yeah i mean I, i'm not gonna go into too much detail because mm -hmm. i think we all know what it is and you'll see it on our instagram yes. later uh but it is essentially an iron box an upright box mm -hmm. the perfect shape for a human <laughs> and you can see when it opens up 
in order to put someone in there, there's spikes on the inside. So when they close it, the spikes go into the person. So the thing that's actually super interesting, those spikes there actually weren't there to immediately penetrate the body when okay, the doors were closed. Okay, that's what I was wondering about. Yeah, actually, the spikes were just short enough that they would only just barely touch the body so of the person standing. Move. Yes. Yeah. So... I mean, that's where the torture comes in, right? Because the victim in this iron coffin was forced to stand perfectly still inside lest they get impaled by an iron spike. I mean, you know, it's in one sense kind of similar to the crucifixion one where it's like eventually your legs give out. Like eventually you tire Mm -hmm. and that's what would happen inside of these iron maidens. You can only stand still for so long. You can only have the strength to stand up for so long. And then at that point, did they get like impaled because they just fell down Yeah, you would fall into a spike. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or malnourishment or something, you know. Correct. Yeah, because they could leave them in there for days, weeks. Yeah. Very similarly, the Middle Ages also employed a torture device known as the iron chair. This was a chair that contained hundreds of spikes all along it, along the seat, the back, and the arms. The victim would then be secured to the chair by restraints, and over time, these restraints would be tightened, ultimately forcing the spikes further into the body. Yeah. Naturally, this particular device was often used as a technique of getting a confession out of someone as the torture could last for several hours or even days. Yeah. Okay, we need to look at another picture because you really have to see this particular device in order to understand how awful it is and also because it's kind of difficult to verbally describe. Okay. I don't know what I'm looking okay. at. Okay. <laughs> um, it looks like a belt with a pitchfork. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And as always, we post these pictures to our Instagram. We're on Instagram at hashtag history underscore podcast. If you don't follow us there, be sure to do that. That was a little plug there. Uh, (laughs) But you do want to check out the pictures because this one is a little more difficult to describe. Yeah. But essentially what it was, it was a device that was strapped around the neck. So that belt that you saw, that actually was going around the neck. Okay. And there's a fork-like object that was pressing up into the lower jaw. And then on the opposite end, an identical fork-like object pressing into the throat. Oh, no. So you can move. Yes, that's exactly it. The victim could not move, fall asleep, or really do anything other than look up to the heavens without being pierced to death. No. And this is another device that would be used for several hours, several days, causing the person to eventually just get exhausted. And so, you know, that one was oftentimes used as a means of forcing a confession out of someone because they needed to sleep. They needed to move. I mean, you can't stay like that for so long. And it it could certainly lead to death if you pierced yourself with that. Oh, yeah. On either side. On either side. Yeah. A device that did not lead to death, but sounds absolutely horrendous to me, was the thumb screw. No. 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 Yep. Go ahead. (laughs) No, but go ahead. Uh, It's pretty self-explanatory. This device was basically a screw that was placed above the thumb and slowly lowered into the flesh as a form of torture. I think the reason this one sounds exceptionally awful to me is because it's something you can watch happen. And because you live through the whole thing. The, The... purpose of this one wasn't to kill someone yeah the vagina pyramid thing it only lasts so long you know you're going out you know what i mean it rips you open from the inside the vagina pyramid not as bad as the thumb screw i don't think so it's like anything with the hands i know it's like when when they talk about like ripping fingernails off as a torture Uh, thing like that's actually one of the most yes 
disturbing things yes. ever. Sort of similar to having one's thumbs crushed, mm. the medieval times also saw the use of a skull crusher. No, God. Which is exactly what it sounds like. A vice would be used to secure the head between two plates that would slowly be tightened by a screw. <sighs> this form of torture could lead to death, but even if one did not die, they would be left with permanent damage. Yeah, your skull is cracked or whatever. Yes. The breaking wheel was also a very common form of torture in the Middle Ages. This was a wooden wheel that a victim would be tied to and unable to move as his torturers used iron hammers to smash and break the victim's limbs. The victim would then be left on the breaking wheel until he died. This form of torture was used particularly as a means of publicly humiliating the victim as they were being brutally killed. Um, that form of public humiliation where like you're breaking my i don't care that john's walking john yeah john jameson is walking by as my (laughs) limbs are being crushed oh yeah like Like, i don't give a shit i do not care (laughs) i don't care at all i don't care that's the pillory's different the pillory's different because you're just sitting there like oh my god yeah that's embarrassing that's that's so embarrassing no but this is like john's the least of my worries honestly the least of my worries it's the fact that um my, my bones, bones are, are broken. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 actually my top concern at the moment. Yeah, not focused on John or Karen. Nope, not at all. A torture technique called the scavenger's daughter was also a rather popular one in the 16th century. This device was used at the Tower of London, which I actually visited in 2019. <gasps> I visited in 2009, 10 years earlier. That's crazy. So I'm sure you would say the same that you highly recommend anyone going to take it. If they're if you're oh, going to yeah. London, if you're going, going to London, yeah. you totally should. Yes. Um, it's really difficult to explain this particular device in words, but it was basically this metal device that kind of looked like a big triangle, like pipes almost. Mm-hmm. The victim was then forced to fit their body into this triangle in a scrunched up position where they would be left for several hours to days at a time. Ugh. Another torture device used particularly on women was called the breast ripper. No, no, (laughs) no, no, no. Yeah, pretty self-explanatory. Used to punish women that had been accused of adultery or intentionally miscarrying. This iron tool was heated up and then used to quite literally rip a woman's breast off of her body. Similar to many of these other torture techniques, there is Obviously, the high probability of dying, but if you do not die, you live the rest of your life with pain and disfigurement. And I have to assume that, like like you said, high probability that you're going to die. If you survive, you're going to die. I, I have to assume because, like, infection. Oh, totally. And, uh, totally. Just, like, blood loss. Totally. And infection and infection. <laughs> and infection. And infection. I don't imagine these people were living till they were 90 yeah. with disfigurement, right? Like, yeah. no, they are eventually dying and probably not too far off dying as a result of these injuries. Yeah, for sure. Another form of torture that is particularly heinous to me oh no is rat torture the bucket on the tummy yeah and i heard so i haven't watched game of thrones but i heard that there was a similar scene in the show so some of you that watch game of thrones may be familiar with this then a victim would be laid down with a small cage on their stomach (sighs) this cage would have a rat or rats sometimes plural in it that would freak out once the cage was heated up 
the rat in its natural animalistic state would attempt to escape, but there was no way to escape or nowhere to escape to except to burrow into the victim's stomach. Mm -hmm. While this was a more medieval torture practice, there is evidence that it was being used in South America as late as 1990. That's some heinous. <laughs> heinous. Now, I thought I would wrap up these, you know, more detailed torture techniques with that of the saw, as this was a form of torture used by many civilizations dating way, way back to ancient times. Saw torture was when a victim would be hung up by their legs and a saw would be used between the legs to saw the victim in half. <laughs> One would think that this particular form of torture would kill the victim quickly, but no. The torturers were particularly skilled in this technique and would stop before hitting any major arteries to ensure the painful torture lasted as long as possible. I just got lightheaded. <laughs> Is that the drink or? <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, before I close out on historic torture techniques, I did, of course, have to give honorable mention to the following methods. Dunking, flanking, tongue tearing, Blah. impaling, knee splitting, <laughs> and being hanged, drawn, and quartered. Mm -hmm. So that was horrible. Yeah. That was my least favorite episode we've ever done, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I love this stuff. I love this. It fascinates me, yes. right? Like, like I mentioned earlier, like you mentioned earlier, we got to see the Tower of London and you get to see these medieval devices and it's super cool. I, I think it's it's the um it's so out of our yeah. our world. It's unimaginable. It's unimaginable. Unbelievable. And so it's interesting because it's just so far removed from yes. what life is today. One hundred percent. I would say all of those things being true, I also am a squeamish person that can't even look at my own arm when my blood is being drawn. Yep. So that's me. Yep, <laughs> that's, that's that. us. That is us. <laughs> um, I thought we would close out this episode by us both listing off some more modern forms of torture. And this is meant 100,000 million percent as a joke. This is not meant at all in an insensitive way and not meant at all to take away from the horrendous torture and abuse that the victims we detailed in this episode endured. In fact, it is meant to do the exact opposite of what this episode did. It's meant to provide a little bit of levity and hopefully the opportunity to laugh for what I would imagine it's the first time <laughs> over the course of this episode. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start. Modern okay. day torture. You ready for this? Yes. My version of modern day torture. Mm -hmm. When you have a one-on-one -on -one with your boss in two minutes in which you're supposed to present your screen, present this project you've been working on, and your internet goes out. Okay. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Similarly. Yeah, I'm ready. Um, having Being on a Zoom call. Okay. Yep. We're on the Zoom with call. With multiple people. And they all just continue to talk over each other. Oh, and, just, and uh, they don't even care. No, oh. no, no, no. There's no like stopping and going. It's not like a, oh, Jim, go uh, ahead. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> no, oh, me? No, uh, no. It's just a, yeah, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. And you're yeah, talking I'm going to talk and we're just going to keep talking. And this is so annoying. What are, we were about to, like, we were <laughs> saying the same thing. thing. <laughs> See, I don't have those experiences at work. Mine are the other one where it's like, blah, blah, blah. oh, sorry. Oh, no, you go. Yeah, that. Those, oh, okay, then I'll go, and then the others too. start. Those moments also are torturous, torturous too. Um, here's my other example of modern day torture. Yeah, uh, it's when you're walking into the house 
with 700 grocery bags in your arms because you had to do it all in one trip. Obviously. And your purse strap catches on the doorknob. Oh my God. I've literally had a breakdown. An absolute breakdown. You drop the bags, your eggs break. It's the worst. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Here's one. I'm ready. Boob tape. Boob tape. Oh my gosh. A necessary Nece- evil. A necessary evil <laughs> that we've all had to do. I mean, you don't have to. No, but of course you don't have to. But if you're if you're attempting to achieve a particular look, yes. it is a necessary evil. And I say this because it, while in Vegas, we both had used boob tape. Yeah. for We were in Vegas for CrimeCon. And taking it off... You ripped flesh off. I, you have scars. Have you have actual, scars. No, I have actual scars. She's looking at my scars. Yeah, right it's now. not an exaggeration. It's not there on my boob, scars. guys. It's not. I'm not showing her my boobs. No, when you you know when you put the tape on and stuff, it goes like around your rib cage. It goes over your shoulders. Yeah. things like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Modern day torture. Okay, I think I'm gonna end it with by far the worst of all. Uh huh. Being forced to do icebreakers uh. at an awkward work meeting, or worse yet, during a Zoom breakout room. Oh, Zoom breakout rooms and we're just gonna we're gonna break out into some rooms here no, no. mine's like my internet's bad yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to drop the call or i'll like <laughs> if they're not assigning you to the zoom room room i'll specifically choose the one that has the most people so that i the, you don't have the, to talk I, at the all? least likelihood that i have to talk oh but then of course there's the one where it's me and two other people and both of them just are perfectly comfortable sitting there in silence staring at you yeah because you have to fill the space and and i'm not comfortable with that so of course i have to start the conversation that's the worst all right well those are some modern day torture uh techniques if you all have any funny playful ad levity modern day torture techniques be sure to send us a message dm us on instagram or shoot us an email because we would love to to laugh and to hear from you all absolutely Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Hashtag History. We will share the pictures that we discussed to our Instagram and all sources used to put together the episode can be found on our website at hashtag history pod.com. Subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you use, share about us with your family and friends, and then give us a rate and review. And check us out on social media. We are on Instagram at hashtag history underscore podcast. And we're also on TikTok. You can check us out there at hashtag history, all one word. And come join us over on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can help support our books and booze supply. You also get access to some behind-the-scenes content, weekly hashtag hangout episodes, an automatic 15% off all merchandise, and we mail you cards and stickers. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. This medieval period in Europe lasted from the 15th century to the 15th century. <laughs> you said 15th twice. Whoops. <laughs> but I, but you, did you notice I emphasized the 15th, 15th to the 15th? To the 15th. <laughs> <laughs> because I only emphasized the second one, I'd even hear myself say 15th. <laughs> the wheeze. Wheeze. <laughs> and now, please enjoy breathing techniques with Leah. <sighs> Ooh, yeah. No. 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 No.
That actually just hurt my throat. <laughs> <laughs>